Pre-Accident Podcast. I am your host, Todd Conklin. How are you today? I hope good. Um, I'm good. Everything's grand. Lots of excitement in my life because there's yet one more big fat trip I have to go on. It seems to always be kind of one more trip, but it's been, now knock on wood, did you hear that? That was a knocking on wood. Um, I've had really good um, airline luck. I'm, I mean, I did have to tell the drunk guy not to go to the bathroom before we take off, but I told you that one already, and and that one ended up successfully. So generally speaking, <laughs> this if you know if I had a list of complaints, I I don't know if I have any. The world's crazy, but uh, we can talk about that more on another additional podcast for sure. Today's fun. You're gonna like today's podcast. Um, it's my friend Jim Kleinstuber. I call him Jimmy. I've called him Jimmy for years. And uh, he's uh, he's the slip, trip, and fall guy. You, you remember him. He was, he was last on three years ago, and I wanted to bring him back on because he says the machine's changed a lot. And we had a great conversation. It's funny. It ended up really a conversation about translating mature BBS programs to a more new view, which I did not see coming. I'll just say that out loud. That was a mysterious event for me. But I think it's a really good conversation. I think you're going to enjoy it. Um, things are good, and everything is grand as far as um, uh, stuff's going. I mean, I'm super impressed with what's going on. And, man, the recent visits I've had out in the field have just been amazing. So that's good as well. So let me shut up. I'm just kind of yammering now uh, because it's always fun to talk to you. I really enjoy this time we have together. I'll just say that to you so you know it. Let me go on and actually put the podcast in. So let's talk to Jim Kleinstuber about slips, trips, falls, and transferring BBS programs to a much more new view. Um, I think you'll enjoy the conversation. Here's Jimmy. All right, Jimmy. Tell me what you know, baby. Tell me what's going on. So it's been a while since we talked, and uh, it has been. Do you remember when we did the last podcast? A long time ago. Like how? Like three years or something? Maybe. Maybe. Um, uh, both my experience with the slip, trip, fall simulator and industrial biodynamics has come a long way in that length of time. Um, right now, I've certified over 300 trainers. In the uh, in the process from a lot of different companies, been to the UK, been to Sweden. Um, there's a lot of interest in it. One because it works, but yeah, it's 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 been a long time, and and so the uh, the product, not just the the training, but the product has really um, changed a lot since the days that uh, we first started with them. Well, so let's start at the beginning. What what actually for those people who who don't know what you do, what actually is this slip trip fall simulator? Well, it was a device created by Dr. Thurman Lockhart uh, when he was working at um, Virginia Polytech Institute in Blackburg, Virginia. And uh, UPS had, had contacted him and said, we were seeing a lot of slip trips and falls on our East Coast division. And you've seen UPS drivers. They, you know, they, they're, they're barcoding something in. They, they run to the drop point. They barcode it delivered. They run back. They've got X amount of time. And their East Coast division was seeing slip trips and falls at a high rate. And so they talked to Dr. Lockhart, and they came up with a, a slip trip fall simulator. And basically, um, 
they trained their East Coast division and they saw a 70% reduction in slip trips and falls in their East Coast, East Coast facilities in the first year. And so that got UPS's attention. Um, you and I were working at Los Alamos at the time, and I've still got the video, which is hilarious, where you went down to um, uh, United Parcel Services in Maryland. You got a visit there. You got a ride, what we call a ride on a simulator. And uh, Are you serious? Oh, I still got the video. You, yeah, it's, no, it's, it's, not it's, the video. That's horrifying. I know it's scary. You, when, you, when you put a person, when you put a person on the simulator, you call that a ride. Uh, that's what I call it. Yeah, I love that. A okay, ride on sorry. A simulator. Sorry, I interrupted. Go ahead. No, um, there was a lot of things that have changed since those days. Um, they actually put uh, pledge on the floor, pledge uh, furniture polish, and had you walk out on the floor in your street shoes with uh, furniture polish on your shoes. And uh, we, we did that at Los Alamos until it, it became a, a condition where you're going, if we keep putting furniture polish on people's shoes and say we're going to clean them, somebody's going to walk over here and, and hit a, uh, a slippery surface and fall, and that'll be the end of this. And so uh, right now uh, we, we shifted from pledge to at one point in time we started using water because they reconfigured the tiles on the floor. They're now tempered glass. And they're tempered glass with a membrane in them, so if they do break, because they will break, they shatter in one piece. And so it's not, uh, you don't have shards of glass everywhere. Um, and then one of my clients at one point in time, I mean, you know how it is, Todd, you go out to train people, you're thinking, I'm going to train them, and they usually train you. It's been my experience that my trainers, are, you know, I'm the one that's benefiting the most from the training, not necessarily them. And uh, you and I used to work in a, an R&D environment. And I asked my trainers, do you understand what R&D means? And they're going, you know, typically they say research and development. And my take is, no, rip off and duplicate. So what we want them to do is rip off and duplicate. Make it a, a you know, make my training applicable to your site. And one of my trainers at one point in time said, why don't you use Dawn dishwashing liquid on the floor? And it was, it was genius. I mean, it really was. It was like, you're kidding me. I, I had not thought of that. And so we, we mix a little bit of, of Dawn with a spray bottle of water. And, uh, and basically that becomes the surface lubricant. With the sliders on the shoes that we put on and the surface lubricant, the coefficient of friction is about zero. And so... Uh, and you know the science behind that, right? The science behind it, it's, it's pretty simple. What, you want me to tell you? Yes, sir. Soap makes water wetter. Oh right! <laughs> oh, how's that? Huh? Oh, well, thank you. No well, charge. And and we, you know, I, I, I've done a, a few. Um, I don't know if I should be. Can I mention a, a potential client? Sure. It's okay. fine. As long as it's fine with the client, it's fine with me. Well, I, I don't necessarily have their permission, but they called me, um, Procter and Gamble, and I started telling um, their safety person about what we were using, and I said we use Dawn, and of course they were just thrilled because. Dawn is a P&G product. Yeah, I bet they were. They were super happy, I bet. Now, it's also brought up some other issues because I've worked at some of the other DOE facilities. And you walk in with dishwashing liquid and you're saying, we're going to use this on the floor. And I'd been gone from the uh, laboratories for too long because now you have to have a waste profile. You have to go into what are we using it for? Is it the right tool for the job? Do we have an MSDS? And and so, you know, those are some of the things that when you work at laboratory facilities, you have to consider. So does this simulator work? Yes, it does. How does it work? I'm going to give you the theory behind it, okay? Okay, I'm ready. I so what we're going to do is we're going to put somebody on it. We're going to kind of not necessarily mess with their mind, but their internal motivation and their uh, what they think is going to happen doesn't happen. 
and they have a slip. We set them up to fail. It's 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 pretty much. I, I like to, to feed in as much human performance as I can with the with the trainers because basically we're using layered defenses. All the inspection, all the safety stuff that we go through before somebody even takes the the, the simulator has to be done so that if they have a failure, when they have a failure, the failure, the consequences of the failure is you fall into a harness and that's it. So the layered defenses make the consequences of the failure, you fall into a harness. So really you're failing safely. I mean, exactly. that's, that's what you're talking exactly. about. Exactly. So yeah. they, they fall safely, at least right. on the simulator. Exactly. And we do two tests. With the harness, it, there's, there's two tests. There's one test where you sit down in the harness, and that puts it up in the groin area where you want it. And then the set, and you choke it up a little bit on the lanyard. This is a family show, so be careful. Yeah. Don't, don't say the word groin. <laughs> and then the, the second test is is to make sure that they're okay. And then we send them out on the surface. And of course, they have a, a reaction. They, their their feet are slipping. They they have no they've got no internal model for how to handle this kind of condition. Um, I found that skaters and skiers do better. But they're usually prepared for those kind of conditions. What we're training people on is that surprise that, oh, I've got water on the floor or I've got uh, a surface here that's slippery that I'm not prepared for. And so what we do is we train them. And, and the theory behind it, now this is pretty much Dr. Thurman Lockhart talking. Oh, by the way, Thurman is now at um, Arizona State University. And he's dealing with um, the Muhammad Ali Parkinson's Disease Center out there because apparently Parkinson's patients have different issues with texture, with coloration, and so he's working on a medical version of the simulator because I think he's got the industrial model down. Um, that's actually really impressive. That's that's cool. He's a, we, we industrial biodynamics, and we kind of refer to him as the mad scientist. But I think his his real motivation is helping people, and and I think he's done a good job with that. And so I'm kind of riding on his coattails. But basically what we're doing is we're putting somebody on the simulator. They find out that their model doesn't work, and we introduce a new model. And what, we, what I say to my trainers is we're adapting the internal motor modulation via cognitive intervention. Okay, do you know how many times I had to say that on an airplane? <laughs> adapting the internal motor modulation via cognitive intervention. Adapting the internal motor modulation via, via cognitive intervention exactly that makes sense well and and you know it's not anything i expect my trainers to do and basically when it comes down to it in application we're not replacing the cognitive the the worker the trainee is replacing the cognitive the adaptive by repeated perturbation so what we do is we introduce new changes we introduce new techniques um some of our clients uh, we do step overs we do uh, uh, a ramp system uh, one of our clients said, you know, can we replicate broken concrete? And so the system now has at least four uh, accoutrements. Oh, nice. That's French. <laughs> yes. That replicate broken concrete, broken ramps, um, stepping over things. And basically when we go into a training, we, we try and reinforce the fact that if you can avoid the hazard, that's the best. Avoidance is the best. And so we go into that. We also look at, you know, if we're going to have to step over something, say a curb or up on a curb, how we address it. Um, and then we reinforce three-point contact. And three-point contact stepping over something on a very slippery surface is pretty impressive, Todd, because I generally have my trainers hold out their hand palm down and have the trainees put their hand over that palm, not grabbing it, not holding on to it, but just applying a little bit of pressure on three-point contact and the difference between stepping over something using three-point contact is amazing 
Hence handrails. Exactly. Handrails, uh, getting in and out of the car. Um, that's another thing I try to, you know, I, 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 I kind of, you know, I, I, you, you come up in the training a lot and, uh, they don't know you, but, <laughs> but your name comes up periodically. And, and, uh, I talk about human performance in parking lots because that's where a lot of our clients have slip trips and falls getting in and out of the car. And so I, I try and say, well, you know, have you ever looked at a snowy parking lot? You know, everybody parks in between the lines and then the snow comes down and then the next day they park in the same place instead of shifting all the cars five feet to the left or to the right we're creatures of habit and so we still park in the same places and thereby get out on the same snowy surfaces and so it's guys let's change it a little bit let's step out park the car over five feet park the car left five feet and then that way you're stepping out onto pavement and not slippery surfaces so the the company buys this simulator unit and then they set it up, and then you come and actually certify. Well, you train. You, you really educate the trainers. Then you train the trainers on how to train, he says, using the word train three times in one sentence. Uh, four times, actually. And, uh, and then you certify the trainers to be trainers, right? Correct. Now, we, we started a new model where we're doing training as a service because there are some sites that are not big enough to actually have the uh, cash to, to spend on a, on a model. Um, and so some sites, this has just come up this year, where we're actually going to go out, we're going to install a model, or we'll take the, the traveling version that Industrial Biodynamics has, and we'll train people on site because there's value to this. And so there's one method there. Um, uh, I don't know if you recall in Los Alamos, when you and I were there, they put one on a trailer, a flatbed trailer, and there were a whole lot of issues wrong with it because the overhead crane where the trolley ran was held up by a post on one end and a post on the other so if somebody got going too fast they ran into that post plus i think I, if i remember that one and i kind of do the the optical signals you were getting from that post at the end meant you didn't walk normally exactly but when i when i was on the simulator that was open at the ends you know when you look up i guess infinitely you look past the simulator then your brain thinks that you're actually going someplace. Correct. As opposed to being trapped in kind of a little you uh, bet. zone or whatever you'd call that. Some of the first models that we were using for one of the power companies were put in the back of a uh, aluminum box, a, a trailer, tractor trailer rig. And so they had, uh, th- they were successful. And, you know, the, the, the science behind the safety still works. It was just harder for the trainees to see what was going on, to start to learn from the other people's coaching efforts. And so Industrial Biodynamics has come up with two versions of a mobile unit that actually have the side fold up or the side fold down, and then that way the trainers and the trainees can see what's going on from a uh, a side view. And then those have been pretty successful. I was really impressed with how they have put together a really quality system with the trailers. Do Do you think it's worth it, honestly? Yes, sir. Why? Because uh, slip trips and falls are usually one of the top three accident and injury statistics, whether you're looking at an R&D facility, whether you're looking at manufacturing, whether it's just a, a, you know, a trucking. We've done work with FedEx, that kind of thing. And so what we're seeing is a reduction in those. And if you look at the price of a simulator and the cost of a simple days away restricted time, in most cases, if you save two, your simulator's paid for. 
Yeah, that's a good way to think of it, too. Because it really is, it's an investment, really, in creating recovery. So you're build, you're buying a simulator that actually gives you resilience. It gives you a, ability to recover, yeah? Yes, and, and Todd, I also tell the trainers, I said, look at this, because they've started putting logos under the glass for each one of the clients, under the glass tiles. And it's a it's a it's a clear evidence that the company is serious about worker safety. Now that doesn't always go over real well because somebody might have a pet project and say, "Why are we spending money on this?" But I have had clients who have had somebody that slipped and had a uh, hip surgery replacement, and that got into the quarter of a million dollars immediately. But what's more important is is the the, the health and safety of the individual how they feel, how people are, uh, you know, it, we're hurting, we're hurting people. And, and that's, that's the, that's really where my passion is, is to make the people safer. Do big, tough, rough, rugged workers like it? Will they do it? Some will, some won't. Oh, that was a cheesy it, answer. <laughs> it, you never know. I have had people, Todd, get on the simulator and it's about 20 foot long. And go from one end to the other and say, get me off this thing. I've seen big, tough dudes get on it, and I mean beads of sweat coming down their head. You don't know what's going on in their mind. And so you just kind of have to feel them out, sit down in the harness again, you know, really coax them through it. Some people you have to tell jokes to. Um, I, I don't know if you recall that... Um, Walgreens has a red nose thing that goes on every May. Yeah, I like that. I always, um, I always buy those. I, I buy a lot of them. <laughs> they're funny. And and almost inevitably, if I'm doing a training, there's going to be one person that you can just look at their body language, and for whatever reasons, they are scared to death. And so, generally, if they're good sports, I'll get them aside and say, "Would you just go ahead and walk on this with the red nose?" And it takes their mind off of what they're not doing correctly, whether people are laughing at them. I mean, it's a very interactive training. And, yeah, there's sometimes there are people that are laughing, you know, with the person. But, but it's like, okay, put this red nose on. And it's amazing to see the difference in, okay, now they're thinking they're laughing at the nose and they get the technique a lot faster. That's amazing. And so, and so, and you've seen the, the, the system, the simulator really change in, even since we spoke last in the last three years. It never ceases to amaze me, Todd. I've got the best job in the world. I really think I do because every time I see it, it just, I, you know, I, I, I'm fascinated with how somebody maybe two to three minutes before is slipping and sliding all over this simulator. The conditions haven't changed one iota. What's changed is how they address the conditions when these exist. And now they're motoring up and down. And you now, if you can, and, and I generally do that, have them put some more Dawn on the floor, watch and see what happens. Well, nothing happens. They're navigating these conditions. And these are the kind of things that, that, are, that are important to me. Um, recently had a, a friend, a good friend, whose uh, uh, parent fell, hit a head, and passed away. And you're going, you know, this is what, this is why safety in, in, a, in a, a slip, trip, fall environment is so important to me. It's a complex, I mean, it's a complex failure. I mean, it's every square inch of the facility and every person and every context-rich reason why they walk. Yep. So it's a lot of stuff to manage. It's, it's, that's, that's super interesting. It, and you're busy, yeah? Yeah, yeah. One of the things I found, though, that it, it kind of cracks me up is you're going, okay, where are the environments that slip trips and falls, you know, are, are available or, or, or 
and it, and a lot of it is um, and and without getting into too much detail, the men's room at airports, because you have the hand washing devices here and the towels over there. I'm and so super interested <laughs> in what detail you're not getting into. <laughs> well, I've not gone to the women's restroom. Does, so. Doesn't involve foot tapping or anything. No, no, it's okay, just because it, you wash your hands here and there, the towels over there, and you've got this trail of water running back and forth, and you're going. We're setting people up to fail. We're depending on their fallib or their infallibility. To you know, it's like oh, that'll protect you, and it's like no, no, you're you're setting people up to fail, and so in in our condition, we're setting people up to fail. Then we train them with a new technique when the conditions dictate. Um, I did have a uh, trainer ask me about a month ago. So you're telling me that one or two passes on this is going to be enough to change the behavior when the conditions dictate, and the answer is yes. And uh, the the analogy I like to use is you only had to learn to ride a bicycle one time. You fell a few times, you didn't get it right, but you don't have to learn to ride the bicycle again and again and again. Those That behavior, that adaptation of the internal mod modulation via cognitive intervention happens when the conditions dictate. Wow. I mean, that's a great analogy, and it's it's available. I mean, people can have this. They can they can do it, and it makes a huge difference. I I really believe you're right, and and a lot of our clients um, are finding that same thing out because we get a lot of repeat clients. So you really deal with with really worker behavior, then? I mean, adapting their behavior through it, internal motor modulation. Yes, if I remember this but, all correctly. But but also it's it's called okay. My whole goal is to navigate and mitigate. So you navigate the condition and you mitigate it so the next person doesn't have to find out the hard way that there's a slippery surface on the floor. And that comes from my behavior background, behavior-based safety background, where it's like, okay, we told him something was going to happen. We told him, and when something happens, like, see, we told you so. It's like, no, what we're trying to do is navigate the condition, get off the surface, and then mitigate it so the next person doesn't have the slip, trip, and fall. So that, that really brings me to something I, I didn't, we didn't talk about. Talk, we didn't really talk about talking about anything, so I don't feel too guilty. But you have this ability to really help make a behavioral-focused program much more system-focused. I mean, I, I, I watched you do it at Los Alamos. What's that secret? Because I, that's something I think you bring to the world that that I think is pretty valuable. You can take a mature behavioral-based program and actually move it towards the new view, move it into safety too. I mean, and you're very effective at it. Have, have you thought about doing that? Uh, well, I, I do it in, in, in this training. Right. But, but, but yeah. You're right. I mean, but you could I, go. I, you could go into a company that's got a mature behavioral-based safety program and actually help move that program to the next level. And the next level is not more behavior controls. The next level is more mitigation. It's the system's influence. Yeah, identifying the conditions are, uh, that are controlling the behaviors. I are mean, you available to do that? I've never even thought about this. Absolutely. I mean, it, are it, you are you helping companies do that? Yes. Yes. Wow. So that you're kind of a. In a way, I've never put this together. In a way, the slip, trip, and fall simulator is actually a perfect example of moving kind of finding that sweet spot between behavioral modification, which we know is important, and actually the mitigation part, the system condition identification to actually make a system better. When you do that with a, with a BBS program, what do you do? L let me answer part of that because... 
let me tell you what I observed you. You took a behavior observation card and actually slowly over time started adding a lot more condition identification. So when people went out and did peer-to-peer observations, they looked at, they looked, I don't want to say less, they looked more at condition identification than they were looking at sort of safe and unsafe acts. Is that I, fair? I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, it, because it, the, the conditions are going to cause a behavioral change one way or another. If, the, if you've got safer conditions, guess what? You're going to work safer. If you have conditions that uh, – I'll give you a real – what I might think is a good example. At the end of the simulator, there is a, a carpet, a safe zone on each side. And so the person gets to that safe zone and they stop. Well, that's a transition area. And you see transition areas a lot in businesses where somebody comes in, their feet are wet, they've got snow on them, they stomp on the carpet, and then the next step, there's, the, there's where the problem is. And so when we're teaching people about how to get through the transition areas, it's called keep walking through that. And then again, turn around and see what the problem is. The problem is that we are putting water on the floor and we're not taking care of it. And so a lot of you see a lot of slips, trips, and falls. They, they get to that transition area, and, the, and that's where they have that, that failure where they fall into a harness. I mean, that's really the failure model. Yeah, failing safely. I mean, yes. we, we talked about that pretty early. Wow. So, so um, wow, this is um, – so the idea that you can actually help a company that's got a, a, a BBS mindset right, and a BBS program move that BBS program into the new view, that's remarkable. I mean, and the simulator is a, is a really good – wow, what I thought would be a discussion on the simulator is actually really a discussion on moving a behavioral-focused program to a much more systems-focused program. How do people? Uh, I think everyone should call. How do people contact you? Uh, well, you, um, I can give you my information. Um, yeah, that's or what they I can want. Look at my my website. It's well, uh, workplacesafetyadvisors dot com. Workplacesafetyadvisors dot com. Correct. Okay. Um, uh, they can also call Industrial Biodynamics or in, in Biodyn dot com. Yeah, that's fine. But how can um, they call you? That would be uh, Workplace Safety Advisors, and my phone number is uh, area code five zero five. We're in the five zero five. The big 505, the yes. 505, brother. 6040896. That's the only phone I have. It's Say my, that again because I screwed it up. <laughs> area code 505-6040896. I like the idea of the simulator. I always have. I think it's brilliant. But I think what I like more is the idea of, of helping helping companies, like a mid-sized construction, whatever, a company, move from sort of a behavioral soul focus to more of a systems focus, a, a coupling of behavior and, and systems. It's, it's kind of that movement to the new view. Todd, one of our sites has actually used the simulator to uh, do a, a hazard, in, or not a hazard analysis, do a, an accident injury analysis. So they could re try to recreate on the simulator what the conditions were that the person failed on and had a, a negative consequence. Um, I, I've had a couple opportunities to go back to sites that I've trained and seen where they're going with them. And one of them is um, a public service company in New Mexico. And it was pretty fascinating because their simulator is in a, a closed room, um, one door entrance and ex and exit. And uh, when I went back to train a second set of trainers, um, one of their first trainers said, here's, what we, here's where we're going. And so... These people are doing power outages. When they have a, a power outage, they go into a breaker house, and the lights are out. 
so when they put the people on the simulator, they turn the lights out. They really? A, yeah, they put them a little flashlight on their head because this is what's going on in their world. <laughs> and they say, okay, now can you navigate these conditions in real time, in, in real? And then, then they said, have you ever heard a breaker in a powerhouse or in a, in a breaker go off? And I said, no. And they said, well, it's like two two-by-fours slapped together. So while this person's in there, they're, they've got the light on, the light's out, and then they slap the two-by-fours two together to replicate real-life conditions of how this is going to happen. And you're going, you guys, are a, a, you, you've taken it to another level. Do they make them wear adult diapers? Because I, I would think there'd know. be other outcomes <laughs> in that as well. I, I didn't ask. Thanks for your <laughs> thanks for your time, Jim. Because actually, this is this was great. It was great catching up on the simulator, and I'm glad to know it's changing. It's great to also sort of tap into the way you're you're thinking about moving organizations to the new space. Anything we're missing? Anything we should have talked about? No, um, other than the fact that I I appreciate uh, uh, your input and and uh, and. And I, I I could probably sell your video to a lot of your clients, but I won't. Yeah. Unless they pay really dearly. I'm, <laughs> but I'll give you first crack. At but I, I'm dressed, right? I have clothes yes. on. Okay. Well, that's all that matters. All right, Tim. Thank you. Thank you, Todd. Cheers. Back at you. So what do you think? <laughs> I I just I, I love him. He's a great guy. He's awfully good at what he does. He's probably. Um, from the behavioral-based safety to kind of the new V transition guy, he, he really saved our program. I mean, he, he, he rejuvenated. He always kept it alive. Uh, him and his, his, his coworker, his colleague Rose, moved that program from old school, behavior fix the worker, to new school, identify conditions, identify struggles, identify goal conflicts, and then go out and work on those. It's remarkable. And he's also kind of a whiz-bang Hot shot on the fall prote- or the slip tripping fall simulator. He does it all, man. He does it all. That is the podcast for today. Thank you for being a part of it. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends. Tune in. Subscribe. Do all that cool stuff. Enjoy October because it's always fun. I hope you get what you need. Have as much fun as you possibly can. And for goodness sakes, be safe. Be safe.